Let me see you put them up. Reach the sky, touch the stars up above, cause it's one time for the underdog. One time for the I'm Patrick Bedev, your host of Valuetame, and today we're gonna talk about why the rich keep getting richer. So listen, the topic of rich getting richer is something you hear about on CNN, on Fox, on MSNBC, in schools, teachers, professors, parents, business, everywhere. These rich people, they control all the wealth, they're so greedy, they, all they want is power, cars, Lambos, Ferraris, castles, mansions. I mean, how much more can you have? Why is Bezos got $145 billion? He can live off of $100,000 your income. And then on the other side, you know, this, this is why the poor doesn't have money because they don't study and they don't read books why don't you pick up a business book and find out how money works? Why do you blame the rich? Why don't you pick up some of their habits that they have? Why don't you work more than 40 hours a week? And so this thing goes back and forth, right? And so before I get into the 10 reasons why the rich keep getting rich, I want to give you some data. I'm going to give you some data for you to be looking at. And hopefully this will help out with the argument. Because in my, in my opinion, I believe the gap of rich getting richer is just going to get wider and wider and wider. And you'll find out why it is as I go through some of these numbers. So if we were to take the top 1%, richest people in the world, not America, in the world, top 1%, you would need to have somewhere around $753,000 to your name. Now, having said that, data came out breaking down which country has the most people with $753,000 to their name. And here's what the top 10 countries looks like. At number 10, Korea has 1 million people with $753,000 to their name. Canada, 1.6 million. Australia, 1.7 million. Italy, 1.9 million. China, with 1.4 billion people living there, they only have 2.7 million. Germany, 2.8 million. France, 2.8 million. UK, 3.3 million. Japan, at number two, with 4.5 million. And you ready? Number one, America, 19.1 million Americans have a minimum of $753,000 to their name, which by the way, here's an interesting stat. If you take the rest of the countries on the top 10 list and you add them up, they still don't have as many people that have $753,000 to their name as America does. And so the question becomes, why is that? By the way, most of the other countries run a socialistic economy. America still, till today, runs a capitalistic economy, which gives the average guy like me to go out there and make money, and hey, all of a sudden you have $753,000 to your name because the market allows people who bring value to go get that kind of money for themselves. If our wealth was divided based on U.S land, here's what it would look like. 1% of America would own this part of the land. 9% would own this. 30% would own this on the bottom. 20% would own that bottom part you see like right there, it looks like Texas. And 40% of America would own that little red dot you look at the bottom. So you know how you look at that red dot? That red dot, my family, my mother, my sister, my dad, we were a dot of the red dot. Let me explain. We came to America with barely $5,000 to our name. I mean, literally, we were living with family and then finally we found a place to live that was one bedroom. We had nothing to our name. We didn't own a car, we had nothing. I walked to school every single day from Broadway all the way up Chevy Chase to Wilson Junior High School because nobody dropped us off. Everybody's kids, their parents would drop us off. I never got, I've ne matter of fact, I've never been dropped off to school. Let me say this again. I've never been dropped off to school in America, ever. From seventh grade on, I've never been dropped off to school. We didn't have that kind of money. 
And so I worked at Burger King, I worked at Bob's Big Boy, I worked at Haagen-Dazs, I went to the military, I had a 1.8 GPA, I stayed in the Army, I was going to stay 20 years, I got out, a friend called me, hey, come and try something out, I got into sales, and I'm looking at all these things, I see these nice cars on movies with Tom Cruise, and they're stealing this Ferrari, or I'm watching, you know, Gordon Gecko, Bud Fox, and all these cars, and these homes, and man, what if one day we can live in a big house, what if one day we can have a Ferrari, a Lambo, man, we were dreaming on all this other stuff, and there'd be two different sides, friends, at by the way, in the military at our barracks, one group would say, well, you know, these rich people, man, they're greedy. They abuse the system. They do this. They do that. They do this. And this other side, there was a group of us, me, Bradford, a couple of us. Yeah, but, but what if we could do this? Well, who cares? We should go do this one. We were dreaming, right? We were dreaming. What if this could take place? I realize the big 1% of America, the top 1% of America, they're curious. They want to find out how to get there. So just like I said earlier that the gap is going to get wider and wider, I am telling you that $90 trillion very soon is going to be $200 trillion, $500 trillion. And the only question you got to be asking yourself in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, what piece of that's going to be yours? You'll see why I'm saying this as I go through these 10 points. Point number one is exponential growth. By the way, this point alone is the reason why the gap's going to get wider and wider and wider. You can skip everything else. This one point alone, I've talked about in another video called 20 Rules of Money. This is why the gap's going to keep getting wider and wider and wider. Look, very simple. Say I have $10,000. Say you have $10,000, okay? We are both 25 years old. Both of us have $10,000. I choose to put my $10,000 in an account that gives me 3%. You choose to put $10,000 in an account that gives you 12%. It's only four times more, so meaning whatever you get, you should only be four times more than I should be, right? So let's take a look at what our money looks like 24 years later. 24 years later, my $10,000 barely becomes $20,000. You ready? Your $10,000 is officially $160,000. That's eight times more, even though the interest is four times more. Now let's continue to go 48 years and see what happens. 24 years after that, my 20,000 becomes 40,000. You ready to see what happens to $160,000? It is now $2.56 million. That's $2.52 million more than me. By the way, let me say this number. So I was getting 3%, you're getting 12%. You're only getting four times more interest than I am. You realize how much your money is gonna be more than mine by 48 years from now? 64 times more money. 64 times more money. So think about it this way. If I continue with the same habit of getting 3% for another 24 years, look what happens. And another 24 years, what happens? And another 20, this is why the rich keeps getting richer. So unless education in high schools and junior high schools and colleges change and start teaching these kids about the basics of money, the disparity ain't stopping. And there is nothing anybody can do about it, including CNN, MSNBC, and half the professors at these universities, because they keep bitching about this stuff, but no one's talking about money. No one is talking about, let me teach you how to get 12%. Let me teach you how to get 8%. Everybody's just complaining, whining without any solutions. Point number two. This one's very easy. It's positioning. Once you get out of college, once you get out of high school, you have a choice on what you want to do. You can go get a regular job. You change your, you trade your work for hours. I make 15 bucks an hour, 20 bucks an hour, $30 an hour, and that's fine. And a lot of America is just chasing that. They were paying me $16 here. Guess what I got? I got $22 here. And they were paying me $22. I got a better job and I quit. I'm making $24 here. I was making $24. I'm making $30. 
too. They're chasing this, right? And what they don't realize is that's not how you create wealth. There's gotta be an element of you saying, I know for a fact if I position myself here and if I can become an entrepreneur or if I can get equity or if I can get ownership and how do I get that part, this can lead into something bigger for myself. That's why I say positioning. If you keep trading hours for a dollar that you're getting paid, you're gonna be limited. There's gotta be a part where you go out and position yourself properly. I've said this story many times. I live in wealthy communities. And in these wealthy communities, everybody I talk to, I ask them, how did you make your money? You know, I made my money because I started a business. Great. I made my money because I was part of a startup. And guess what happened to this startup? I was there for five years. I ended up getting a piece of the company. Five years later, the company was bought by this company for a billion dollars. I got my $6 million. I got my $800,000. I got my $2.2 million. It's positioning. So wherever you're working at, ask yourself, the positioning of the environment you're in, is it constantly going up where there's a possibility for a bigger upside or is it linear? Hurry up and change it. And if you choose not to change it, then don't be surprised if you don't have $753,000 because you chose the position you're currently in. Point number three is long-term thinking. The best example of long-term thinking is one of the richest men in the world, and that's Warren Buffett. I want you to look at this chart that I'm going to put up. And the part I want to look at is how his wealth grew from 18 years old to his $81 billion today. That doesn't include the billions of dollars that he's given away to charity. So let's take a look at this guy named Warren Buffett, one of the richest, wisest, smartest investors in the world. How did he amass as well? So at the age of 19, he had $10,000 to his name. The first million dollars he made, he was 32 years old, give or take. Fast forward to the age of 40 years old, you'll notice he had a $34 million net worth, right? Now watch what happens here from $34 million. The next year or two, it goes from $34 million to $19 million. I think as much as we spend time talking about how rich this man is, we forget to talk about this moment in his career. Let me explain to you why. Do you know how many people in the world, when they drop from 34 million to 19 million dollars, that's 50% of the wealth is gone, what do you think most people do? They cash out, they take their money out, they listen to news, the news is saying world, you know, it's the world's coming to an end, war is coming through, you know, this is what's gonna happen, that's what's gonna happen. Price of oil, oh my gosh, panic, 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 panic. Everyone reacts, this guy says, I trust my discipline because I'm a long-term thinker. And watch what happens here. He goes from $19 million to $67 million to $1 billion at 56 to $81 billion today. Let me compare his net worth to some of the countries in the world. Watch this here. Guatemala, he's got more than Guatemala. Costa Rica, Luxembourg, Slovenia, Serbia, Tunisia, Ghana, Uruguay, Kenya, Ethiopia, Lebanon, Bulgaria, Uzbekistan, Croatia, Lithuania, Warren Buffett is beating those countries. One human being is beating countries. I wanted to go back to Forbes 400 list back in 1982 when it first got started. Here's what it looked like. So the total net worth back in 1982 of Forbes 400 was $93 billion. They, you took all the 400, added it up, it was $93 billion. And the richest man on that list, Daniel Keith Ludwig, he had a net worth of $2 billion. By the way, here's the kicker, you ready? Daniel Ludwig wouldn't be on today's Forbes 400 list. And out of the 400 names back in 1982, only 36 names are still on the list today, 35 years later. So now let's take a look at what the total net worth of today's Forbes 400 is. You ready? From $93 billion to today, $2.5 trillion. That's five doubles, not, not just 500%, that's five doubles 
93 billion times two times two times two times two, it gives you $2.5 trillion, which tells us 35 years from now, by 2053, the Forbes 400 list total net worth is gonna be $80 trillion. So the only thing you ought to be thinking about is the following thing. If 35 years from now, that number is gonna be 80 trillion, what piece of that 80 trillion is gonna be yours? What piece? Because think about it. If that 80 trillion is only 400 people in America, what do you think the entire net worth, the entire wealth of America, 330 million people is gonna be in the next 35 years? You know how big the opportunity is for the right person watching this. If you listen to point number three and you say, look, exponential growth was number one, got it. Positioning was number two, got it. Long-term thinking was number three. If you turned off the video today, you didn't watch the rest, those three principles is what makes these guys the kind of money that they make. So can you really think long-term? Or immediately something that goes wrong, you disappear and you go panic and you go back to your corner and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening to me. But for those of you that are watching this that are saying, I'm gonna be disciplined to be a long-term thinker, you're gonna put up numbers and experience certain things in life that you thought were fantasies but it's gonna happen to a few of you. Number four, this one I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on because it's very self-explanatory. Regret minimization. I've spoken about it in a couple other videos. Minimize the number of regrets. When you look back, you don't wanna be able to say, I messed up here with drugs, I did this here, I did the divorce, I did that, oh my gosh, I gotta do, I got so many dumb mistakes I made that you could have prevented yourself from making. Now for some of you that are saying, I feel bad because I just went through a divorce three years later, you make me feel bad. Our current president is on his third marriage. You're okay. Just minimize the amount of regrets that you're gonna have because it doesn't stunt the momentum that you have. Your best friend in accumulating wealth is momentum. Don't get in the way of momentum. Water it so it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Number five, specialized skill. Very simple. Most people generalize, this is specialized skill. You gotta figure out something that you specialize in. What is it? Communication, selling, finance, real estate, hedge funds, stocks, bonds. What do you specialize in? Specialize in a skill. Most of the guys that we talk about, they specialize in a skill. Warren Buffett investing, Trump, wealth, real estate. You know, you look at Zuckerberg, social media. He understands the concept of the internet. He understands what he's doing with that. Everybody has something they specialize in. What's your specialization? Number six, anybody can learn this concept here, and this concept here is your contact, networking. Look, I can take my business back to 1999 when I went to a man's house who was a millionaire, and he had a big party, and I made a lot of relationships. After the relationships, two years later, he introduced me to a guy that introduced me to a guy in 2003. That contact is what led me to making $30 million just off of one sale. You know, I went to an insurance conference a few years ago, met a guy, we didn't hit it off. We had a terrible call together one time. I'm talking a five-minute call that was horrible, horrible call. I said, we'll never do business with this guy. He came back saying, I still want your business. What can we do to make this work? We made it work. Fast forward, he's the one that ended up putting me in contact with De La Hoya and a couple other guys that raised $10 million for a business. These were contacts. We networked. We went through it. You look at Zuckerberg. He goes to Harvard, meets a kid named Edward, meets the Winklevoss brothers that leads to Facebook. You look at Warren Buffett who networks and meets a guy named Charlie Munger who he thinks is smarter than he is and that brain, those two together build the empire that they built. Everything's about networking in your context, especially if you want to increase your wealth. Let me put it to you this way. It is very difficult for a billionaire to befriend somebody that's worth $20,000. Very difficult. You know why? Because the experiences are different and the level of thinking is different. If you hang with a billionaire, your $20,000 somehow, someway is going to get higher. Somehow, someway this thing gets higher because you're borrowing their thinking. You're borrowing who they know. You're borrowing their association. So if networking is an area you struggle with, I made a video titled How to Network Like Casanova. Go click on a link below and watch that video. How to 
better network like Casanova. Number seven, leverage. Everybody watching this leverages other people. Let me explain to you what I mean by this. A father watching TV or football on a Sunday leverages son and says, son, get me a beer. That's leverage. A person who goes to a restaurant and sits to have food with another friend leverages the waiter or the waitress and says, can you please give me a Diet Coke and a bone and ribeye and lobster mac and cheese? And that's for me. Thank you so much. You leverage the waiter or the waitress and in return for the leverage, you pay 20 points, 20% of the bill to that waitress. That's leverage. Everybody leverages except the wealthy and the rich do it at the highest levels. Let me explain to you. You can only work 20 hours in a day. The hardest working person in the world is limited to 24 hours in a day. You can't work more than 24 hours in a day. But they realize if you really want to leverage time, if I want to work 2,000 hours in a day, I need 250 people who work eight hours in a day. It's basic math. 20,000 hours in a day, I need 2,500 employees. 200,000 hours in a day, I need 25,000 employees. And they keep leveraging over and over and over and over again. And it gives them an unfair advantage over everybody else. However, there's not a single person watching this that can't apply that concept either because you're already doing it at the lower level. Why not do it at a higher level? Number eight. This next one is about reinvesting their money, meaning they make their money work for them 24-7. I did a video titled How to Double Your Money. This is the area where they master on how to double their money constantly over and over and again. Money doesn't sit for too long for them. And if it is, it's intentional because they believe a downturn is coming around the corner or they buy puts because they believe the market's about to go down. But money's always working for these guys. It doesn't just sit around, you know, allowing the bank to use that money to make money. They make that money work for them. Number nine. Sam Walton had four kids. You know his poorest kid today is worth $39 billion, struggling financially. Poorest kid today is worth $39 billion. So is this something where, you know, the media comes back and politicians come out and say, it is not fair for a kid to get all the money from his daddy or his mommy. Wait a minute. Let me ask you this question. If your mom or your dad was worth $160 billion, would it be unfair if she gave you $40 billion of it? Would you be upset? Would you say, mom, it's not fair for you to give me $40 billion. It's always unfair if it's the other guy's kid, right? Why don't we position ourselves better so our kids get the wealth? Because I watched a video the other day. A guy was in, you know, southern part of Chicago, a bad community was teaching all these guys that are trying to make their lives better. He was teaching them the fact that life insurance transfers wealth to their families. So rich people buy as much life insurance as they can because when they die, their kids get $10 million, $8 million, $6 million, $5 million, and the kid has an opportunity and advantage against everybody else that he's competing against. What's wrong with that? They understand wealth transfer. This is why you see families that become richer and richer and richer because the wealth keeps transferring to the next generation over and over and over again. Something everybody watching this can do. You just got to be intentional about it. And last but not least, number 10. I've been talking about this word in a lot of videos lately, whether it's with Arthur Laffer, the former economist for Ronald Reagan, George Bush, Jack Kim, Arnold Schwarzenegger. We talk about this topic a lot, whether it was with the mayor of Frisco, how they took the city from 5,000 people back in 1990, 1991 to 180,000 people, or whether it was Jerry Springer or Dennis Prager. We talked about this topic, and that is taxes. I'm going to keep talking about taxes until you pay attention to taxes, because it's a big difference. Let me explain to you. In the state of California, if you you got a million dollar bonus, they tax you at 50%. Half a million is gone. And if you're a realtor, you make a million dollars in the state of California as a realtor, they take 35%. You keep 650. They take 
$350,000. All of these guys in Silicon Valley who say tax everybody, tax the people, this is in, this is that, all the stuff that they say about raising taxes, they only give tax 22% because it's capital gains. Taxes is about positioning. How you position yourself to pay the lowest amount of taxes possible. To the realtor in California that pays 35%, guess what? If you were in Nevada, you would have saved yourself 13.3%. If you were in Texas, if you were in Florida, you would have saved yourself 13.3%. What's 13.3% on a million dollars? $133,000. Over a 10-year period, $1.33 million. How much is college education? Say 250 grand for the best schools. You can have six kids if you want, and you can still afford to send them to that best school because of taxes. They pay attention to taxes, and the rest of the world doesn't. Thanks everybody for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five star, write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick Bidavid. And I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care everybody. Bye-bye.